Well, welcome everybody to the first Connect show of Sunday of the DC Leadership Conference. I am Cindy Hollis and I'm Colby Garrison. And we are so delighted to be able to facilitate these conversations with leaders in our ACB community. Uh, and uh, today, really, really excited to have our boss with us. <laughs> That's always good. Um, so hopefully we are doing you proud, Eric. Uh, here, uh, we are excited really to have you with us. And um, Eric Bridges is Executive Director for the American Council of the Blind. And I know you have a busy day ahead of you and family and ACB and life and all of that. So I think what we'll do is just let you say any opening remarks you want to um, to those that are joining us and getting ready for the conference today. And then I maybe Colby and I have some questions we'd like to just throw your way. Sure. Well, it's, <laughs> it's great to be with the two of you. Uh, it is, you guys are giggling. This is so fun. Uh, so yeah, I, it has been, uh, I think, a very good start to the to our leadership meetings. Uh, four days of fun, uh, packing packing lots and lots of content into every day. And um, one of the things that uh, we're really focusing on for these leadership meetings is uh, the, the work that ACB as an organization is doing and has been doing uh, with regard to. Uh, just a, a slew of different initiatives and are frankly uh, introducing our advisory board to the to the membership and um, i've been really happy to be able to put together interviews that highlight the the good work and frankly uh the really good people that we have that sit on our advisory Truly, board to, to i've us. been impressed yeah i've been impressed listening to those interviews amazing uh, and i didn't know that bill reader had been a professional opera singer so that was pretty Nobody said. Yeah, yes, oh yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, he a professional <laughs> just, opera singer for twenty five years is all I, amazing. I, just yeah. amazing, and he is just a beautiful human being, uh, really. I, but this that was really cool to hear. <laughs> you know. And, yeah, I mean, where where else could you get in an interview uh, talking about training hunting dogs as well as a reference to Maslow's? <laughs> Uh, hierarchy, hierarchy of triangle right? yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, just amazing you know the other thing um eric that i got to enjoy and you know we, you and i have been working with brett humphrey for over a year now around membership data collection um just some really good stuff that we had a hard time grappling with just it, seeing it through a different lens with brett and yesterday he participated in a breakout session that ended up being pretty amazing. And uh, so it, it's been fun to get to hear his interview, then to get to have him participate in a breakout and coming off of really getting to work with him so closely. And he's only one of, is it 12 uh, advisory board members that we have? Is that what it is? It feels like 12, but there are seven. Okay. And seven. they do a lot of work with us. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. do. Brett, they're they're they, multifaceted. They, well, they do. I mean, Brett, Brett has Seriously. worked with us on, on our IT needs. Um, and 
you know, has interfaced with, with Jeff Bishop and Rick Morin uh, on, on certain things. And, you know, uh, gosh, and, and even advisory board members have worked together on projects. Brett and Aaron Patera uh, have helped to facilitate several discussions with a group of us dealing with our current IT infrastructure and the future of it and the future needs that we're going to have as we continue to grow. And, you know, what I took away from yesterday's uh, breakout that, that Brett was a part of is that we've really hit on something. We've hit yes. a nerve. We've touched a nerve inside yes. the membership within the leadership, but also the general membership yes. of uh-huh. things that, that um, frankly, we, as a, as a staff, <clears throat> you know, certain pain points for us that also uh, wind up rolling over to the membership. And yes. how do we begin to deal with those things? How do we begin to have good discussions where we're being transparent with the membership about uh, the needs of the organization, you know, to be able to, 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 to do more, learn more, uh, but also just how to make, how to make things easier for somebody that just wants to be a member. And wants to know that they're a member, right? And wants to know that they're a member reliably. Yes. Yeah. You know, these are, these are things that sound sort of, I don't know, silly. Yeah. Yeah. But yet it's not. Um, (laughs) No, it was really, it was good because what I heard is a lot of people thinking kind of the way we've been thinking, right? We, we kind of known we have to get there somehow, some way, shape or form. And, and what I heard was people want us to get there too. So that was pretty, uh, I don't know, refreshing for me. I I would agree. I mean, we heard from people that have been longtime members. We've heard from people that were were new members for a few years and then new people. And Brand so yeah. it was a great cross-section of folks that either asked questions or commented on, on the panel yesterday. So Eric, how would you uh, answer the, the question, what is the purpose of the advisory board? It's to provide subject matter expertise and an outside perspective on uh, projects or initiatives that we don't currently have the capacity or even the the expertise uh, necessarily to to uh, to complete or to initiate. Right, so they're there to help guide us and advise us. Um, and you know, the the board of directors is there to uh, to to really set the tone for the organization and to have fiduciary responsibility and oversight. The advisory board is there off to the side uh, to frankly ask questions like, why? Yes, <laughs> why and do you sometimes do those are hard to answer, you know? Oh, Because yeah. a lot of times it's because this is the way we've yeah. been doing yeah. it. It's yeah, the a, answers aren't the greatest initially. It's a lame right? answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So... You know, um, the other thing that I, I, I wanted us to, well, oh, first back up, Cindy, I wanted to say that besides that expertise and, and the capacity to, you know, provide that to us, what I'm noticing is that the advisory board also has a passion 
for what they are providing us and for our organization. And I that is coming through in the work they're offering to us. So, um, but I thought it would be fun for us now to maybe ask you some, just some, I don't know, questions. So Colby, think about something you'd like to know about Eric that you, you just think on it. I'm not going to throw it out to you right yet. Cause okay. it's going to be I, like a newlywed. And if anybody wants to just have fun and into the fetal position, you know, uh, Eric and, and Rebecca did participate on the newlywed game since he brought it up on, I think it was April, I mean, April, July 30th of 2020. And it is on acbmedia.org. So if you get a chance, go to acbmedia.org. And in the search field, just put newlywed game and it will come up and you can listen to a 90 minute game with uh, the Bridges, the Spoons and the Charlsons and you'll find out who won. And, uh, but you'll also laugh. So be ready. Uh, Use the bathroom before you start listening. (laughs) Uh, It's great fun. But no, that's not the kind of question I was going to ask you, Eric. All right. All right. All right. So I know you grew up in Iowa, right? I did. Okay. So uh, did you did you attend a school for the blind or public schools? What was your schooling like through high school? So I attended public school, uh, kindergarten through through uh, my senior year of high school, and uh, I gradually lost my vision over that period of time. And there, there was a time when the school district wanted to have me go to the, to the school for the blind because they claimed that they could not provide me the requisite services that I needed in order to uh, continue in public school and at the same pace as my, as my peers. So learning, learning Braille, learning how to use a white yeah. cane, things of that nature. And my parents wound up filing a lawsuit uh, against the school district uh, because uh at that time, number one, they wanted me to stay in public school. That's where my friends were. Uh, I was going to be entering uh, junior high when the school district attempted to do this. And uh, secondly, um, and it's unfortunate, but the School for the Blind at the time in the state of Iowa uh, wasn't going to be a, a good place for me academically or socially because uh, you know the majority of the of the student body had additional disabilities, um, most of which were folks with intellectual disabilities. Right. So, uh, Colby, do you have a question? I've been trying to come up with one. I I have more. Something I don't know. Okay, I'm going to keep thinking. All right. Really, really think it, it, it could just be fun. Eric, what's your favorite dessert? Oh, man. So I like um, uh, flourless chocolate cake, you know, like the, vo- the, the Oh, you just, hit a, you just hit a nerve there. Yeah. I mean, not a nerve, with a happy nerve. And with some raspberries, yeah. Yes. So good. Oh, Eric, I, I, you and me in Omaha, let's do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's one uh, of my Eric, favorites. You and I can go out for a drink and you and Colby can go out for flourless <laughs> chocolate cake. <laughs> Okie dokie. Okie dokie. And why don't you just share just a little bit about your family? Because, uh, I mean, all of us that work with you, we know about your family because, you know, 
there's times that we're talking on the phone in a meeting or whatever, and <laughs> you never know what's going to be said behind the scenes, right? So yeah. share with everybody that's listening about your was precious it, was family. Was it with you or Nancy within the last couple of weeks? I was changing a diaper, talking I about I think it was Nancy, ball. but I did hear oh, about okay. it <laughs> from you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm married. Uh, my wife, Rebecca, and I, we've been married. It'll be 15 years in uh, July. And we have two kids, two boys. Tyler is uh, seven years old and in second grade. And we've got Noah. Uh, Noah is two. And uh, so, yeah, and he's, he's entering and two into dogs. training time. And two, two guide dogs. <laughs> we are a circus. We are a full-blown <laughs> Uh, traveling circus when it we is roll fun. into your town. It's, yeah. <laughs> and you just got to smile, right? I mean, you know, what a blessing. Um, oh, and, and I love my family. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, I, seriously, you have a beautiful family. Uh, Thank you. So we appreciate you taking time, Eric, to, to join us and uh, welcome to stick around. Uh, Kenneth is here as well. Before we go to Kenneth, uh, Eric, any final thoughts before you? head into your full busy day. <laughs> well, just would love to have people join us this evening for the fireside chat. Uh, we're oh, going to yeah. have I'm excited learn about more about this. you. Yes, me yes. too. Well, yeah, you'll learn about me. But, yeah. um, and three, others. Three, yeah. yeah, three other colleagues. Ken Fernault, who's the CEO of uh, an agency for the blind in Binghamton, New York, AVRE. Uh, yeah. Cindy Watson, who's the CEO of the San Antonio Lighthouse. I'm anxious to hear Cindy and Kirk. I, you know, yep, and, yep they're they're both uh, people I've worked with. Yeah, so, and Kirk Adams, yeah. the CEO of AFB, and um, that's great. The, the interesting thing is, uh, all of us know one another, and we're all we're all blind, and yeah. there aren't enough of us out there that are leading organizations day to day. But uh, you know the. The intent is to have a good discussion to, you know, Dan really wants to, to tease out, you know, is there a secret sauce, which I don't believe there is, uh, but you know, how, how did, how did these folks get to where they are today? What sorts of experiences did they have mm-hmm. and uh, what prepared them to do what it is they're doing today? Because it's not, a lot of it isn't rocket science, um, yeah. but it is a lot of work and yes. uh some of it is is having people that that believe in you that will will mentor or show you the way along the way. So for sure, I'm looking forward to this evening. Well, I'm looking forward to it too. Um, I always love learning more about folks, and again, three out of the four are people I know personally. So I'm really looking forward to learning things I don't already know. But that'll be great. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, ladies. All Have right. a good one. Yeah, you too. Uh, before we go to Kenneth, I was thinking, Colby, could you go into those reminders and maybe we could uh, share with people uh, how they can check out products with the mini mall. Uh, I know they're selling things. So um, if people want to email and find out how to get on the, the list so that they can receive a product list, or if they want to call and place an order for ACB products, uh, what do they do? So I, I've got two phone numbers and an email address. Why so don't we just give out that the, just one number? Let's not confuse things. Uh, oh, let's just okay. So yeah. we've got, you can contact the mini mall at 
877-630-7190. And you can also email by e sending an email to mall, so just M-A-L-L -L, at A-C-B dot O-R-G. All right. Thank you so much for that. And I uh, will come back with some other reminders, but let's go to Kenneth. So Kenneth Semyon from Texas is the chair of the Durward K. McDaniel Awards Committee and um, or first timer committee. Is, I guess that's what it is, right? DKM committee. Is, what's the official name of the committee? Kenneth? <laughs> Durward K. McDaniel Fund Committee. We call Fund. it DKM. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I, I mean, I knew when I said awards, you guys give out awards, but yeah. uh, fund committee. Thank you. So Kenneth, tell us about uh, the, I know there's two main awards that you guys are working on and, and there's deadlines and so on. Why don't you share that first? And then we'd love for you to talk maybe about the mentoring program as well. Okay. All right. Thanks for uh, allowing me to be here with you all. Oh yeah. Our DKM First Timers Award, we, we use the acronyms DKM. We always have to let people know it stands for Derwood K. McDaniel. Uh, and he is named our founding father. Uh, and he's done so many great things and we're following in his footsteps by continuing his legacy through our, our programs. So we have the DKM First Timers Award that we um, acknowledge and uh, try to identify someone that wants to be or attend our national convention for the first time in person, uh, you can uh, apply and uh, we'll be considered for that. Uh, what we want that person to do, we have two people will accept or acknowledge through this process. We will recognize one person from the east and one from the west of the Mississippi River. And, um, and you know, that's always provided that we do have uh, qualified candidates from both areas. There's, there, there was one time we actually recognized two people from one area because uh, of that fact. There was not a qualifying uh, person from the other region. So um, then we have the, uh, on our committee, uh, and I'll say about that award now, the, we have an article that's in the January Braille form that we encourage everybody to read. And you can find that by visiting acb.org. Um, it's mainly on, on the main page of ACB's website, but it also is on our DKM webpage, and that's acb.org forward slash DKM. And you can read a lot about what we've done. We have some testimonials on that uh, webpage, uh, and our, our webpage is, is really uh, going to be updated in the near future with some great new highlights and things that is going to be uh, more compelling to even go and visit more often for you. And Kenneth, if I can interject just something really quick, I am so proud that the two first timers last year that were selected by the committee, no input by me, <laughs> but <laughs> they are both people that have given tirelessly, endlessly hours and hours to our uh, ACB community and Belinda and Kayla and I cannot wait for them to enjoy convention in person. I've had the privilege of meeting both of these ladies now, uh, and I did not know them a year ago. So, I mean, I, I knew them, but of the not, no, I did not know, uh, I knew them, but I didn't know in person, you know, yeah. uh, both delightful women and uh, just can't wait for them to enjoy convention this year and to see who 
gets that award and, and recognition for this year. Yes. So, yeah. And so we'll have three classes joining together. Those from 2020, Amazing, right? 2021 and 2022. Wow. So it's going to be a party. To be there. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be it a party. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And we also have our J.P. Martin Chase Leadership Fellows Award. Uh, we'll be giving those out. And that article uh, that you want to read to consider applying is in the e-form of February this year. And it's also on ACB's website, as I stated earlier, acb.org, or you can visit acb.org forward slash DKM to read more about it. And we will select five recipients this year uh, who have demonstrated leadership potential. and Their affiliate presidents will be able to support them by writing a letter and telling us all about them. And they can write and submit a letter of application to tell us about themselves. And that applies to both of our awards. Um, we, we are looking forward to receiving more applications. We haven't received many yet, but we're looking forward to getting those in prior to the deadline of April 5th. So I encourage everybody to read those articles and call me if you have questions. Let's talk and uh, really consider applying. We're going to have a great time in Omaha this year. And what a great opportunity for any of our members who are possibly in some leadership role, some facet in their affiliate or chapter, and are interested in expanding and building on what they already are doing, or they've been maybe a member for a while, they're just really, they haven't dabbled yet in leadership, but have, you know, been on committees. You want to come into it with uh, being able to demonstrate where you've, you've done some leadership and that you're ready to move forward. And I just think of the class of, I think it was 2016, you had uh, Sheila Young, who is now president of uh, Florida, was not at that time. Uh, Deb Cook-Lewis, who is now first vice president for ACB. I know both of them were in that class. Uh, And so, you know, there's, there's, uh, it's a great way to just get, I think also get the bug, right? Um, Feel inspired and and empowered. And so, yeah. Yeah, connecting with so many other uh, members and leaders in the organization, you you just get excited about growing. I do, it's great energy, right? It just builds energy and I don't know. Um, So, Kenneth, you and others have come together and are building out a mentoring program. And I am elated, just really excited about this. And uh, can you just tell us a little bit about it and what, what spurred you on to do this and yeah, what it's going to look like? We came together because there was an interest on each one of our levels. Um, I found out after the fact, really, but uh, that our MC, Multicultural Affairs Committee was working on something. I was working on something because I really thought that our DCAM and uh, J.P. Martin Chase Leadership Fellow recipients really needed to have something in place after convention that they could really connect with. So I was building something, planning on building something for uh, them as far as mentoring, continuing beyond the convention that we have. And uh, so then, then so uh, reached out to the uh, leadership team, the Borough College Institute Leadership Training Committee and, uh, and Donna uh, Brown decided to join us and she has so much uh, to, to offer. 
And plus, they, they have something that's going to connect with the mentorship program. They do training every month on the yes. second Thursday. Yes. So uh, that's going to be a great thing. That's, so we all have something we'll be able to contribute. So we joined together. I Because I had a, a basis for a program already started, I presented that, that to them, and they went with it. So we're building it now. Amazing. For ACB, you know, instead of yes. what I initially started. And I do believe it applies in so many ways. and It, it does, for it's sure. It's going to get exciting, more exciting as we go through uh, the uh, timeline that we have already put together. We can have a picture before so we can see exactly how we want things to turn out. And uh, I think people are getting excited just about hearing about it, even though they know we don't have the full plan together yet. But we do have a great idea of where we want to go and who we hope to include in the process. Amazing. And before we let you go, Kenneth, uh, can you give us a brief kind of journey in ACB for you because you're new to the board and, uh, in you know, I've, of course, witnessed uh, your activity and commitment and amazing organizational skills and uh, as as part of committees. But uh, could you could you share when did you join ACB and how did you get to be on the board? Besides being elected, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that helps, right? Yeah, so, well, I, I joined ACB in 2005, so this year is my 17th year, and, uh, and I've gotten involved with so many different things and had fun on, from the local level. I started my chapter in 2009. We started with 16 folks, and now we're over 50 of us oh now, goodness. and uh, then I started serving on committees on the state level, uh, and shortly thereafter, Really, actually, just a few years after we, we were approved as a chapter in 2010 and 2012, I ended up becoming the, the president of ACBF Texas and served for three terms. That was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I began to uh, serve on committees. I was chosen as a DCAM first-timer in 2010, so that brought me on the stage on a national level, getting involved with some committees, a membership committee in which I really enjoyed serving on. And then I joined the DCAM committee uh, in 2012, and, and has, this makes my 10th year on that committee and six years as chair. Uh, it's been a great experience. Uh, there's so many different things that have, have happened through the years that I just would not have pictured happening. I just want to mention briefly, in 2002, I dealt with a severe case of meningitis, ended up experiencing hearing loss, which I'm deaf in my right ear. I became visually impaired. Initially, I lost all of my sight, but because it was spinal meningitis, they continued to do these spinal taps, and I did get back a little of my sight in my right eye, uh, but I can't see anybody's beautiful face, but I'm grateful for what I can see. And, and just knowing that I've been able to access technology that helped empower me. So um, I'm just grateful to be able to be involved. And <clears throat> when it comes to the board, you know, I've been encouraged for several years uh, back when I would say, and I was just really thinking about the commitment I don't like to take on anything unless I'm able to fully commit. And also there was a financial component I had to really consider. Sure. But it came to the time now. I'm 61 years old now, and I don't want to wait too late to do this. Since the opportunity came up, it just I, I did it suddenly in 2019. Didn't win, but I can't, it was just sudden. It I was so it. close. Yeah. It was so close just for the first time. It but was. So that yeah. was a great time. Uh, then we went on, uh, wanted to have, uh, try again in 2020, but then COVID said, no, not yet. Um, so then this year was at the right time. I felt it was yeah. the right time, and uh, everybody else evidently agreed with that. 
And now I'm able awesome. to serve, learn and grow more and help other people along the way. So all right. Uh, Looking forward to being able to share my experience. Uh, thank you so much, Kenneth. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Uh, Colby, we're going to jump in really quick and let people know what's going on between now and the time we get together again at 2.15, if you could, really quick. We have like one minute. Yes. Um, so we have got opening remarks with Dan and Eric. And then we also have... Well, I'm trying to scroll. We've got... Um, we have the um, ACB, let's see. Um, it's okay. Everything can be heard on ACB Media 6 as well. So yeah. as she's working on finding her spot, uh, we hope that you'll stay tuned. Uh, through the through the day here and of course when we do have breakouts there there b and c will be in seven on seven and eight respectively yes. um but do you have what's after the opening remarks yes so, so after the Quickly. after the <laughs> after the opening remarks we will hear from um Oh, goodness. From okay, we, we're going to have to actually, never mind. Pop out. So, yeah, it's okay. All right, everybody, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Eric and Kenneth. Yes. And uh, we will, Colby and I will be back. Uh, yes, so turn it over to General Sessions. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy. Welcome back to day two of the ACB DC Leadership Conference. I'm joined today, this is Dan Spoon, ACB President, and joined by Eric Bridges, ACB Executive Director. Eric, it was just a wonderful first day, wasn't it? What a, what a great day. Yeah, we covered a lot of topics. Uh, I thought that the breakouts were good. Uh, the the remarks from Bob Simonera. And frankly, your interview of him was, was great. We learned a lot about him as a person. I'm just picturing him with those six puppy dogs heading six in and dogs. out of the door. It was so yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that his, his son and daughter-in-law live literally next door. Uh, oh, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was really a great day. And we've got a wonderful, great day ahead of us. And we're going to not take much time and just jump right in. I do need to share a couple of things. Again, uh, Gene Mann and team want to thank all those who pledged and contributed to the monthly monetary support program, MMS. If you would like to uh, pledge today, those phone the phone number is 888-999-3190. Again, that's 888 or you can email at askacbmms at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-A-C-B-M-M-S at gmail.com. Say hello to Jean for us. Uh, drop her a phone call or a note, and she'll get back in touch with you. And we'd like to announce our winners for the first two days. So Friday's winner was Jeff and Leslie Tom from Sacramento, California. And then our second winner was Cassie Throsper 
from the Next Generation team, but from Oregon. So welcome, congratulations, Cassie and Jeff and, and Leslie Tom, both $25 Amazon gift card winners. So please consider joining MMS and supporting the American Council of the Blind and your favorite affiliate. Also wanted to let everybody know that we're going to kick off today with our uh, <clears throat> video of our next advisory board member, followed by a, a wonderful conversation uh, between Lee Nasahi, that, that advisory board member, Eric and myself, about our ACB strategic plan, or what we call our vision traction organizer. So before we kick those off, I just wanted to remind everybody to please, we'd love to hear your questions. We've got some time for a few questions at the end of the presentation. And you can uh, leave your questions at questions.acb, excuse me, questions at, sign questions at acb.org. So that's questions with an S at acb.org. Or you can call or text Janet Dickelman at 651 428-5059. Again, that's 651-428-5059. Janet would love to hear from you, and we hope we have a few questions at the end of the presentations. So now I would like to introduce our next video, meet Lee Nasahi, ACB Advisory Board member, and she is the CEO of Vision Serve Alliance from Winter Park, Florida. And then following that, Lee and Eric and I are going to have a conversation about our ACB strategic plan. So talk to you soon. Look forward to the questions. Enjoy the video. ACB, below each letter, dots, representing the letter in Braille. American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges with Advisory Board Member Lee Nasahi. Eric Bridges, Executive Director. All right, well, hey everyone. Eric Bridges back again. Uh, this time I am visiting with ACB Advisory Board Member Lee Nasahi. Welcome, Lee. Thank you, Eric. Well, you and I have known one another for, uh, I don't know, three or four years now. And mm -hmm. Uh, you've been on the advisory board for two or three years. Uh, as part of the, these series of interviews that I'm, I'm doing with advisory board members, um, would love for you to talk uh, just for a moment with the audience about what you do in your nine to five day job. Lee Nasahi, President and CEO, Vision Serve Alliance. Yeah, I um, would love to explain that. Um, it could take about three hours, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, in a nutshell, because Vision Serve Alliance, the organization that I'm the president and CEO of, is a small but mighty organization. Yes. We don't have very many staff. We we have less staff than ACB does. Um, so I, I do a lot of things. Um, in addition to all the fiduciary and strategic uh, duties that any CEO does, I, I spend a lot of time with our members. We're a membership association like ACB. We don't have nearly as many members as ACB does, but our members are um, organizations. And we focus at VisionServe on leadership 
So most of my relationships are with members of the C-suites of our member organizations, but we're involved in leadership development. I provide a lot of consulting services to our members. We're all about collaboration. So much of what we do is bringing the, the larger field together to focus on big national issues. In particular, right now, Vision Serve Alliance is focused on aging and vision loss. Um, we also pro, uh, produce one, currently one conference a year, national conference. So um, as all of you at ACB know, that takes a lot of time as well. And um, a, a few other things, uh, you know, and, and I'm the chief cook and bottle washer too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. So share with us a little bit about sort of what what uh, prompted you to say yes to the offer to become an advisory board member of this organization? Yeah, sure. Prior to coming to Vision Serve Alliance, I was um, the chief executive of a community-based vision rehabilitation organization here in the Orlando area where I still live, um, Lighthouse Central Florida and Lighthouse Works. And always, um, through in, in my role there, enjoyed a, a close relationship with the Greater Orlando um, affiliate of ACB and and the leaders, the members of that, um, Dan and Leslie Spoon, have been my friends for a long time. Um, Sheila Young, so many of the people who are involved on the local level, um, ACB is just part of of who. Lighthouse Central Florida is. And so I had a, a, a great deal of respect for the organization and then got to know you, Eric, in my role here at Vision Serve Alliance and all of the fantastic work you guys are doing in policy and in your membership efforts. And um, so when when you asked me to do that, I, I thought it would it would be awesome. I wanted to get to know your organization better. And I and I do feel like I have um, some things to offer around organizational structure and leadership development and really was excited to share that with you all. Yeah. So why don't we get into that? So what, you know, can you talk to the audience a little bit about a couple of the initiatives that you've been assisting us with over the last year or two? Yeah. So primarily it's been the EOS implementation and, but that's a, a big, a big journey. So Huge. <laughs> um, huge. It's really huge. Um, and and it, so it provides structure for ACB. Um, it's such an investment because it's a framework that ACB can use for decades to come. It's flexible. I'm sure it'll evolve over time, but it doesn't need to completely go away every time you have a change in leadership which was super important for me when we did this at Lighthouse Central Florida before I came to Vision Serve Alliance. We created a structure there that regardless of who's on the board or who's in the chief executive seat, we, we have this framework within which the organization can flourish. We use that at Vision Serve Alliance now too. So um, it, it, it kind of gives us the framework so that we can focus on the content and the details. And that's what ACB um, has been able to do. I, I've, I've just been thrilled watching the growth and the transformation 
And frankly, there's nothing I enjoy doing more, Eric, than working with leadership teams, seeing those relationships form, um, the insights that you gain. I learn as much from every team that I work with as they do. So it, it's just, it's been wonderful. Well, it, it's been great having you uh, work with the, the team to, to implement EOS and even before that to engage in some discussions about our uh, our organizational structure. Uh, you and Aaron Patera, uh, mm-hmm. I recall, led a couple of really excellent meetings that preceded uh, EOS to kind of talk with us about yeah. uh, structure and, and uh, potential gaps um, that, that we would want to find ways to strategically fill and, and things of that nature. So, uh, Lee, we really appreciate uh, the time that, that you take with us uh, quarterly, but then also just, frankly, taking phone calls from us at random times. Uh, for advice. <laughs> yeah, I, I love doing it. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for asking me to do it. And we look forward to continuing to work with you. Amen. All righty. Thanks Thank so much. Uh-huh. Take care. A logo, ACB, in print and braille. American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. A-C-B. Below each letter, dots, representing the letter in braille. American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. Strategic Planning Committee, moderated by ACB President Dan Spoon with Lee Nasahi and ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges. Dan Spoon, ACB President. Good afternoon, ACB leaders. We are uh, excited today to bring to you our ACB Strategic Plan. It is part of our efforts over the last two years to implement the Enterprise Operating System, EOS, also known as Traction. You can see uh, more information about this if you want to understand it by looking up a book by Gino Wickman that lays out the EOS Traction Operating System. ACB began its journey in April of 2020 to implement a methodology that would really allow us to provide structure and accountability to our organization. And we were fortunate enough to have one of our own ACB advisory board members, Lee Nasahi, who was a trained EOS implementer. And we're happy and excited to see and hear from Lee today. Eric, what are your thoughts about our initial trip down the EOS journey? Well, it's, it's been a heck of a journey because it, it happened to coincide with a pandemic, right? So we had made the decision as a, as a leadership team in the fall of 2019 that we would, uh, you know, engage in this, pro, uh, in this process in, in 2020. And as the pandemic uh, came on and all of us began working from home, uh, it became clear to me that we needed, we really needed to continue forward in implementing this and getting started to implement it because just the nature of of remote work, uh, figuring out uh, process and structure for how we were going to do the work that needed to be done, and EOS uh, wound up being an even better fit for what we needed at the time. 
than it may have been even a year previous. Um, we were also beginning to mature in developing a leadership team and uh, developing core values uh, ahead of uh, EOS as well. So there was there was a lot of work that had been done, and I think the pandemic, at least from my perspective, Dan, showed us the need to go on this EOS journey. It really, really did. And, and as uh, we have Lee explain this today, I want to paint a visual for you all. So think of a piece of pie or a clock, or I say a whole pie, that's broken into six pieces. And so starting at one o'clock and going clockwise around the, the, the pie or, 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 or the clock, uh, there's six different components that make up traction. And I'd love for Lee to take a moment and introduce herself and share a little bit about the uh, traction model. So Lee? Thank you, Dan. Um, yeah, so I am currently the president and CEO of VisionServe Alliance, um, which ACB is a member of. And in that capacity at VisionServe Alliance offer um, consulting services to our members that help strengthen their organizations. And this model, this, this framework, EOS, is particularly helpful. It's, it's great for for-profits, not-for-profits. Not and I'm just thrilled that ACB took this on. I, I have uh, been on the journey with them and seen the transformation. So allow me for a moment to walk through the model as Dan um, suggested. Imagine a pumpkin pie that's been cut into six pieces and there's an orange right in the middle of it. And that orange is ACB. And the six pieces of pie describe the different elements of your organization. We're going to start with vision. So there is a vision that is shared by all in a healthy organization. That covers your core values, your core focus, your long-term target, how you're approaching marketing, um, your sort of interim picture and your one-year plan. And we go a little further where we break those one-year plans down into quarterly objectives or what is called rocks. And, and last but not least is understanding the issues that, that kind of get in your way. So that's all part of vision, the first element of the model. The second is people. Um, we all love to joke that it'd be an easy job if it weren't for people but people is what drives the organization, especially a membership organization like ACB. So evaluating people um, is difficult. It can be very subjective. And there's some tools that you learn in this framework that really helps with that. First of all, you have um, a, a very helpful, what is called an EOS language, accountability chart. It's an org chart, an organizational chart, but it talks about the accountability of each of those positions, making sure you have the right people in the right seat. So that's people, the second element. The third is data. So entrepreneurial or enterprise leaders often have, you know, kind of weird feelings about how their organizations are really doing. Um, if you don't, if you're not tracking it, if you're not measuring what you're doing, it's really hard to wrap your arms around it. So one of the first things ACB did in this journey was develop their very own scorecard. What are the measurables that matter to ACB? What gets measured gets done. The fourth element 
are issues. And so one of the things that I, I think the whole team has really enjoyed doing, and I, and I understand has started to teach some of the other affiliate teams and um, committees how to use is something called IDS, how to problem solve, identify it, discuss it, and solve it. Um, Gino says in his book that there's, I don't know, maybe 40 issues that we all talk about constantly. Every organization, doesn't matter how big or how small, it's essentially all the same 40 issues that we keep rehashing. Wouldn't it be great to figure out how to solve those and move on? So that's the fourth element, um, IDSing. And then the fifth is process. And so having um, simple processes that are written down, articulated, shared with everyone, and all of the organizations start to use it. It can be incredibly um, helpful, documented and followed by all. And last but not least is traction. How do you get things done? So you have all these nice visions and great words and guiding principles. Well, attraction focuses on how you meet, having your L10 meetings, which I understand a lot of you are involved in, conducting um, an L10 meeting on a regular basis with a regular rhythm with a, a, a typical agenda, and then looking at your objectives on a quarterly basis, a, a one-year basis, and long-term. That's all part of getting traction, the rhythm going. So that is it in a nutshell. There is the EOS model, Dan. Well, thank you, Lee. And as you stated, I mean, we've loved the L10 meetings. And as we see those roll out throughout our organization, we really are seeing a significant change. It's really pushing people towards a more structured agenda, and they feel good at the end of the meeting. They've met and learned a little bit about each other and done some team building. They've gone through their data. Uh, they've shared their headlines, reviewed their rocks, uh, done their to-dos, and then they've had some time to really IDS, to identify, discuss, and solve issues that are affecting their particular committee, uh, whether it be an individual committee or a steering committee. So. We really believe uh, that we are experiencing traction in that area, but it really all got started in 2019 uh, when we, as an organization, before we even, even knew about traction and EOS, mm -hmm. realized that we needed a set of core values that really was, was the compass, was the foundation mm -hmm. for how our organization uh, was going to be behaved, what we valued what we really thought was important for both our members and our staff. And we spent a, oh, probably about a year working on this, and it happened at the end of Kim Charlson's administration. We published our five core values, which are integrity and honesty, respect, collaboration, flexibility, and initiative. And Lee, I'd like you to take a moment and kind of read the definitions for each of those, because the words are important, but I think the definitions even paint a more important and stronger me message and picture of what we mean when we say our core values. Oh, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. So integrity and honesty is our word is our bond and serves as a foundational element demonstrating our strong democratic principles and values. Respect. We treat others as we expect to be treated. We welcome the unique talents of every individual and honor diverse work and lifestyles. Collaboration. 
We believe success comes from working together to create solutions that advance the organization's mission through partnerships and teamwork. Flexibility. We adapt to ever-changing circumstances and situations. Boy, you could say that again, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, we've been living that one for the last oh, two boys. years. Every day. Yeah. <clears throat> we are receptive to multiple points of views and ideas. Initiative. We can and do make a difference in all of our efforts. We embrace continuous learning, hard work, personal accountability, motivation, and individual responsibility. And I think that, thank you, Lee, for reading mm -hmm. those. And, and uh, Eric, if you could take a moment and just uh, share with everyone how these um, core values are integrated into our quarterly and annual employee evaluations and even our hiring practices as we move forward. I mean, I, I know we did our uh, review here at the end of the year and we started out by talking through the core values. And for each employee, we identify in that particular core value, are you a plus, a plus minus, or a minus? We, we're, we've got some real work to do if we've got folks in the minus area, but even if you're in the plus minus area, it says there's an opportunity here for you to work on improving a little in this core value. So Eric, if you'd kind of share how that has integrated into your uh, employee performance reviews. Sure, so we, we actually, uh, for the fiscal year 2021, adopted the EOS performance uh, evaluation model. And so it's essentially like a, a one-page evaluation and, and uh, it's, it's fantastic. You know, we uh, the the core values are there in the uh, in the actual evaluation. You have the opportunity to evaluate, uh, you know, the the folks that that work uh, for you, uh, and in each of those five areas, as you said, Dan. Uh, the The good thing is that we have a lot of folks. Uh, that are working on our team that are high character and very driven people. And so, uh, and in, in saying that, as we look at, you know, the last year where we've hired uh, several new individuals for new brand new positions and then hired some other folks for vacated positions, these core values really were at the center of, of recruitment, uh, looking and, and asking questions that were targeted at, at these areas to really gain a better understanding of, you know, the, the finalist for a, a position to, to, to ascertain whether or not they were going to be a good fit for our organization. As, as you all know, uh, ACB is still a capacity-constrained organization in terms of staff. And so the people that we bring on Number one, the roles are strategic that we that we build and and recruit for uh, to to fill uh, you know uh, an understood need. But then to have to bring that person in, they need to be the right person. And we're not always going to you know hit it at a hundred percent. But when we do these, uh, when we when we recruit, we really need to to have a good level of 
assurance that the person that we hire is going to come in and just get to work and, and be a good team player um, and, and a good listener. And so these are these five core values are, are, are really at the center of our recruiting efforts. It is. And I think we have seen the core values promulgated, you know, across all of our events and down through our affiliates. And it's really, uh, it's brought a smile to my face to see how much our membership has embraced our core values. So once you kind of have your core values in place, you then have to think about your vision or your core focus. Why do we exist? What makes us unique from other entities? And so it was important for us to develop our our purpose and our passion, and then tie that together with our niche. And together, those create our core focus. And so I'd like Lee to read our core focus or vision statement. They're both so beautiful. So your your purpose statement is very simple, empowering people who are blind. That says it all. That's what ACB's purpose is, to empower people who are blind. And the niche By embracing all of us in the spirit of collaboration, we foster voice, choice, and community. I love that one, too. I really do. I think it really, it it demonstrates the the spirit of our organization. Lee, I want you to read it one more time all together. Okay. Okay. Empowering people who are blind. By embracing, by embracing all of us in the spirit of collaboration, we foster voice, choice, and community. Very good. And Eric, I think, again, we're, we're living this. Our goal, and you'll see this in our five-year target, is to become the chief influencer in the blind and low vision community. And we get there by really empowering all blind people uh, and giving them a chance to collaborate and really have a voice uh, and, and a choice and a community to work within. So uh, I know you'd like to comment on this a little bit and how the staff and the members have worked together to meet this vision. Yeah, and, and it's, really, it's really shown itself uh, to be prophetic over the last two years uh, with the pandemic and uh, you know, all of us not being able to physically be together with one another and the need of, of uh, you know, the, the staff and affiliate leaders to, to have contact with members and to form a, a virtual ACB community as we have, right? To, to, give, to, to give voice, uh, to, to be able to talk about all different types of subject matter. Uh, and, and in doing so, then form a community. And, and you know, we're north of 7,000 community events. Uh, the 17th is the, the two-year anniversary of our ACB community. And we have empowered so many uh, during that time and, and continue to. Uh, this, the, the community events and that universe has not plateaued. It's it's continuing on and it's, it's powerful to, to witness. And, and it truly is collaboration that leads to voice choice and community. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's been, uh, it's, it's, it's been such a good spirit to see inside of our organization. 
And then the other part that we have to concentrate on is our target market. You know, what makes us unique? What separates us from others? And so we have identified six uniques uh, as the traction uh, methodology would, would uh, ask us to do to really identify what makes ACB unique. So Lee, if you could read those. Yeah, sure. So first of all, we live by our core values. Next, accepting, welcoming, and non-judgmental. Embrace choice. There's no one way to do things. Democratic. Innovative and agile, willing to meet people wherever they are. And a friendly face, even in contentious situations. So those are the six things that make ACB's interactions and work in the community different. And it truly is the culture we we are building each and every day. And of course, it, it always starts to me with the democratic, uh, you know, purpose mm -hmm. or process of our organization. Everyone has a vote. We, we really demonstrated that this year when for the first time we actually uh, opened up our elections, not to just people that were right. at our convention, but everyone who was a member had an equal right to vote uh, and vote independently and accessibly. And uh, it was just a huge step forward for our organization. So that's just one example of where these uniques are playing out each and every day. Mm -hmm. Eric, I know you have some thoughts in this area. Yeah, it's, I tell you, the, you know, these, these uniques, I feel like ACB has been doing a lot of, a lot of this for years and it's, it's part of what's made it unique um, being, being welcoming and, and uh, you know, as, as a national organization of blind people, non-judgmental um, and, and providing, providing a choice. And, and so, uh, you know, putting it down into writing, I think um, has been a, a great exercise for us. You know, at times things can get stuck in our head um, and, but, but actually seeing that there and, and sharing it with you all um, I think is, is very important. Um, you know, this is how the leadership is is viewing um, why why you should want to be with us uh, right. or why you should want to join us. Most certainly. And now let's start talking about our our true strategic uh, goals. You know, our mm -hmm. our five year target, our one year strategic plan, uh, and. Uh, you know, the five-year target, uh, you know, the kind of the coined phrase there is big, uh, audacious, hairy goals or BHAGs, right? You know, you're really, you know, what what's out there that, you know, if you had to dream, if you had to kind of, you know, think where where would that point at the end of the horizon be for ACB in five years? This is our five-year target. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's at a, a fairly high level, but I think as you see this and hear this, you'll realize, you know, where we want to be at the end of 2025. So, Lee, I'm going to ask you to read our five-year targets. Sure. So, as you mentioned already, the first one is to be the chief influencer on matters impacting the blind and low vision community. 
next to have 100,000 connections and 20,000 members. So a little bit of a difference there. Actual uh, dues-paying members, 20,000, but a much broader uh, community of connections of 100,000. And then have annual operating revenue, annual revenue of $5 million. Have an active affiliate in every state have reserves of 18 months operating expense. And finally, triple ACB's legacy endowment from 1.6 million to 4.8 million. Thank you for reading those, Lee. And, you know, it's, it's really important to write this stuff down and make it real. And it's uh, it's been what your leadership team has been striving to do here since we began the plan at the beginning of 2021. And we're on that journey, you know, when we talk about 100,000 connections, wow, that sounds a lot, like a lot. But I wanna share with you a little bit of data because data is also what is, uh, you know, really influencing us and driving us. So we want metrics that we can actually measure and see how we are stacking up. We wanna hold ourselves accountable. So just as one example for our website, just this last month, we had, I believe, over 20,000 unique visitors with over 50,000 pages shared. Wow. So that's almost doubled in the last 12 months from 10,000 and the number of, I think it was 10,000 and 17,000 pages. So you can see that we're growing and we're growing in our other social media areas of Facebook, of LinkedIn, of uh, Instagram, of Twitter. And so there's all those contacts. And then we're seeing, uh, you know, our at-large members grow, our friends of ACB grow. So what we're realizing is that all these individuals have an opportunity to influence our mission and our goals. Everybody doesn't have to be a, um, you know, uh, a membership dues paying member of ACB to make a difference in our community. Uh, Eric, I know you all are, are driven every day as a staff by these goals. So you would, I know would like to share some items yeah, well, in this area. Yeah. Data is something that this organization has gotten much better at, uh, both collecting and also analyzing. And then really the third step is having it, having it become part of the decision-making process for next steps. Uh, maybe not having it always be the driver, but having it be there instead of some notional or anecdotal feeling, which um, we've, we've, you know, encountered in the past. Right. So the data component is 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 very large. Also, looking at the data and and you know the there's a a bullseye that we've developed that mm-hmm. in the center is the family and the next circle out is family or friends. I'm sorry, families in the in the center. Friends is the next ring out. The next ring out is uh, a follower, the fourth ring out is familiar, and the fifth ring out is unfamiliar. And so looking at those five concentric circles or a bullseye, 
uh, putting together definitions for what is a family member, what is a friend, or who is a friend, and so on and so forth. Um, the time that they spend with us, the 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 treasure or the 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 money that they give to the organization, and time, treasure, and their their talent, giving giving of of themselves. Uh, you know, for our volunteer hours, right? We, we talk about volunteer hours with uh, all of our committees and all of that leads us into really looking at the data and how are we, how are we progressing through these circles and how can we help folks, uh, let's say donors, move from friends to family? Or how can we, how can we help folks that are currently only familiar bring them in the next circle to be followers. So it's, it's important stuff that we're developing. It's, it's a method to our, our madness. Mm-hmm. It truly is individual touches in, in developing the number of people that are in our, our circles. Uh, if you right. really think of it that way in yeah. our sphere. And then not only do we need people, that's the number one most important part, but we also need, funding. We need financial stability. And for, I hope it didn't just sneak by you guys that that target is, is $5 million. This year's budget is approximately $2.5 million. So we're hoping to double that in three years, which is a pretty lofty goal. But we've come up uh, 60% in the last two years from 1.6 to, uh, to 2.5. So, you know, we are, we are on a growth curve. So, Lee, we've yeah. talked a little bit about our five-year targets. So, think about that, guys, out there, you know, where we're trying to get to. Uh, and then let's talk a little bit about our one-year plan. So, what are we trying to get done this year? And you'll hear rocks for the first, second, third, and fourth quarter all building towards this annual plan for 2022. So, I'm going to have Lee... And you're going to see that this is much more specific and really, uh, you know, can easily be turned into objectives or rocks that we can work on to get this done this year. So, Lee, if you could share the one-year plan for everyone. Yeah, sure. So, we're going to start with revenue. And as Dan said, that your, uh, your target, your goal for this year, 2022, is just shy of $2.5 million, dollars $2,498,500. And if Nancy wrote it, it'd probably be N29 cents. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, certainly. Oh, oh shot across the bow. Oh, love you, Nancy. We love you, Nancy. That's right. <laughs> oh, sorry. And so um, there are 10 different revenue categories. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'm going to point out that far and away, the largest revenue category are our contributions. So, um, uh, combining general and restricted contribution, that is about seven hundred and no eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So that's the biggest revenue source, followed by convention, which is um, about five hundred and sixty-one thousand. That's the goal for convention revenue. Fundraising activities three hundred and seventy-eight thousand. So I think what's interesting is the very smallest revenue category is membership dues. Only fifty-five thousand, a little over fifty-five thousand dollars, is projected of that two point five million dollar budget. So um, lots, lots of work there. And then a couple of other measurables that there will be sixteen total employees 
by the end of this year. And where are you right now, Eric? We're close. <laughs> yeah. Um, at, at the recording of this, I believe we're at 15. So, okay. yeah. And members, 10,676 um, for the year. Uh, another somewhat odd number, but 10,676. And do we know where we are at this point? I think we're, uh, we're we're a little little south of nine thousand. So we've got some okay. work to you're do on, here over the next you're on track. Uh, nine months. You're on we're track. on track. Yep. We're and we're, you'll we're, surely we're, gain many new members through through convention. I think that's typical. So those are the yep. measurables. Mm -hmm. And then um, some some other more uh, like narrative goals are to have a, a successful hybrid. Uh, well, actually, it's all virtual, right? DC Leadership Conference. DC Leadership Conference. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yep. Hybrid convention, mm -hmm. and then a successful AD gala, and then um, to successfully implement ACB's remote voting initiative, mm -hmm. that's a big one, further the multicultural affairs initiatives, um, including uh, assuring the implementation of membership-driven Spanish language communications, and then also to have a have implemented a fully functional ACB media structure and processes um, to augment the processes and measurables for resource development. When you're raising that much money, you definitely need structure and, and articulated processes. Um, next is establishing regional community structures and opportunities and activities for members in those regions to um, connect and enhance constituent engagement, enhance organizational cultural health and constituent relationships and engagement, fully integrate strategic data collection into decision-making. Um, that's a short sentence that has a whole lot behind it. And then develop a stakeholder engagement plan and include in the communications plan. Now there's a few others, but I, I think those are the highlights. Thank you, Lee. And I, I'd like to highlight one that we really uh, are focusing on this year, and it's coming out of a couple of resolutions we've had for the last two years. And that is really working on diversity, equity, and inclusion, yeah. and also developing, uh, you know, Spanish language, language offerings for those of our members who feel more comfortable uh, speaking in Spanish and English. There's over 40 million uh, individuals in the United States who who do have Spanish as, as a primary language. And so it's uh, our first really efforts. Uh, the board approved $20,000 in our budget for these efforts this year. And you're seeing that already come to fruition uh, this year for the DC Leadership Conference. We did our registration and uh, as a bilingual registration form. We did our imperatives bilingual. Uh, we are going to have a Spanish uh, wrap-up show at the end of each day with our DC Leadership Conference. And we are identifying uh, about six hours of highlighted uh, coverage throughout the DC Leadership Conference that will be translated to Spanish and uh, put out as podcast and made available on one of our ACB broadcast channels. I hope this has been helpful. We wanted to to take an opportunity today to share with you what uh, EOS and Traction calls the Vision Traction Organizer. 
Uh, we also have a three-year kind of mid-range plan. Um, it's, it's kind of in between the one-year plan and the five-year plan, and uh, we, that's available if people would like to, uh, you know, to talk to us more about it. But we're kind of getting towards the end of our time here today. Thank you all for being part of our presentation today. We hope you have learned a little about EOS and the Vision Traction Organizer. And we will make available to you um, the vision portion of the VTO on our website in the next week or two. The um, ACB uh, core values are already available. And now we'd like to take the opportunity for you all to ask Eric and I some questions. So you can write to questions at acb.org. Again, that's questions at acb.org or contact Janet Dickelman at 651-428-5059. Again, that's 651-428-5059 and share your questions and, and uh, Janet will read them uh, out. And Eric and I would love to take about 10 or 15 minutes and answer your questions and uh, we hope you have enjoyed the presentation today, and uh, Eric and Lee, thank you so much uh, for all you do for the American Council of the Blind. A logo, ACB, in print and braille, American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. Very good. Welcome back, and uh, we now hopefully have Janet, our questionnaire extraordinaire, uh, with us and uh, you Janet, do we are you hoping do. we've got some questions about the strategic plan so welcome back yes thank you you know right now we do not and i think the reason we don't is everybody was just glued to the presentation i know i was blown away it was really interesting well good well, thank Janet, you you <laughs> have a question um <laughs> No, I was too busy listening to have a question. But for those of you who send in questions after we're done with our presentation, what I will do is I will make sure I will forward them on to Eric and Dan so that they can answer them. But I'm going to go look on my email one more time and see if I have any other questions. So give me a minute. All right. Well, very good. And please do send your questions in. Uh, everybody knows how to get hold of Eric and I. Uh, Again, this video will be put out on our YouTube channel, uh, correct, Eric? So it'll be there for visibility for everyone as a resource. Yes, it will. We'll be up later today. Very good. And so uh, I really, uh, I want to, again, thank Lee Nasahi for all of her work in this area as a member of our ACB advisory board. And Eric, maybe, what is your, it was kind of interesting, you know, uh, listening to it, uh, any takeaways from your standpoint? The biggest takeaway for me is, you know, from a from a staff standpoint, um, EOS has provided us structure uh, and, and and process so that as we grow, uh, that structure is there. We've we've communicated, you know, our our goals for this year, three years, and five years. And, you know, this EOS structure lives on for the organization, irrespective of who's president or who's, who's executive director. Um, this, this sort of stuff, it's, it's not necessarily rocket science. It's been in business books for decades, right? It's just a 
different packaging of, of these, um, uh, of a methodology for how to run an, an organization. But it provided us with some much needed structure uh, in a time uh, when we were starting to, to look to grow. And uh, the absence of, of structure and process can just lead to uh, chaos. <laughs> and it can also have you chasing your tail. And we're doing less of that these days. And I'm, I'm really uh, proud of you know, our ability, uh, our team and the leadership uh, of this organization being supportive of, of the staff implementing this. And Eric, I do have a question now. Okay. Uh, Michael wanted to know, he said, many of our, de- our decisions in the past have always been made, been membership driven decisions from the bottom up. And he's wondering if this decision being made more from the top down, how we're going to resolve conflicts if this causes conflicts with individuals. Well, I do think we are always primarily a membership-driven organization. So what, of course, we, we take our direction from our members. We take our direction from our, our ACB board of directors, which are voted on by our members. But the day-to-day operation of the organization is something that I think over time will transition uh, to more of what we're seeing, kind of a split between the staff and our members. There was a time when I think we had no other choice than for not only did our members, you know, help us set direction, they also did and still do a lot of the day-to-day work of the organization. But what we're learning over and over again is if we have that good partnership between staff who it's their direction and mission to do this work at least nine to five, five days a week and, and more on the evenings and weekends, and our members who are volunteers and their time ebbs and flows depending on their work-life balance, what I think we're finding through our st- steering committees and our committees, but with the overall strategic plan that puts, gives us all the roadmap to follow, that we're getting more done. We're getting more done in a, in a high quality. And so I don't think it's an either or. I do think it truly is a collaboration. But the direction ultimately always comes from our membership and from our board of directors. Eric, Thank you. thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, one of the things that, that we have witnessed through Number one, the, the creation of these steering committees, Dan, you know, taking what, 38 committees and having them roll up into uh, nine steering committees, which really represents our, our programs and services. Yep. Um, starting with the creation of that structure, which happened before EOS and before our strategic planning. But then laying over that EOS and introducing the, the L10 meeting format has helped Obviously, with structure, uh, these the steering committees are, are functioning, um, I would say, much better. The committees within them are meeting more regularly than they had been. And there's uh, a sense of, I think, shared accountability between the member, uh, the member lead and the staff lead in, in the you know, accomplishment of 
action items that come out of the L10 meetings. The L10 meetings um, have a natural cadence, you know, in them so that there are to-dos or action items that come out. There are rocks, which are goals and objectives that are set on a quarterly basis. There are these, these, these aspects of really the business of ACB. Our, our business is, you know, what we do here in the office, but it's also the business of, of advocacy and being able to, to view uh, that through, through that lens makes, makes things a lot more clear to folks, uh, as well as the, the shared sense of accountability and, and actually being able to, to get more done. I agree. And I think what we're, the, the word that always keeps coming to my mind and people get tired of me saying it, it's intentional. You know, when you take the time to write it down, uh, to have it there in front of you and be intentional about where you're spending your time, talent, and treasure, it truly does make a difference. And I think Traction is giving us a methodology to kind of put our capacity-strained resources in the focused areas that we have determined as a collective group will make the most difference for our blind and low vision community. So, Janet? Yes. yes. Bill, yes. Bill would like to know if we plan, if we're um, encouraging affiliates to come up with strategic plans, and if so, how are we going to support affiliates in this effort? We most definitely are encouraging affiliates to come up with strategic plans, and I think one thing we're developing is a group of individuals who are learning the skills of traction. Uh, and would be happy uh, to work with affiliates that would be interested in implementing the EOS methodology. Takes a little bit of facilitation, uh, but I think you'll find that, uh, you know, and and inside of ACB, I always say it's an evolution, not a revolution, but over time, you really find that it does make a difference in the quality of your meetings, in the direction of your affiliate. So, we would be uh, happy to continue to have conversations about how we can uh, help our affiliates implement uh, the EOS traction methodology. All That's right. all I have for right now, Dan. Well, thank you, Janet. Thank you, Eric. Uh, thank you, Lee Nasahi. And please, yes. uh, this is just the beginning of the conversation uh, about our strategic plan. So, uh, you know, hope the dialogue continues and I hope this was a good introduction. So next uh, on the agenda, I'd like to introduce to you two members of the Resource Development Committee. Uh, first, we have David Trott from Talladega, Alabama, who is our ACB treasurer and also supports our Braille Forum raffle um, initiative in the RDC. And also I'd like to introduce Leslie Spoon, uh, chair of the auction committee from Orlando, Florida. So, uh, David, if uh, you could go ahead and uh, kick it off and tell us a little bit about the um, upcoming uh, Braille raffle. Okay, Dan, thank you for having me today. And uh, I really appreciate you giving me such a hard follow up here to such a great program. But um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the Braille Forum Raffle. Then Les is going to come on and talk about the auction, and I'll come back and tell you how you can participate in the raffle. 
The Braille Forum Raffle is not just a raffle. For those of you who know me, uh, you know I'm a history buff, so I put together a few things that you might not know. $300,000, in, uh, in excess of $300,000 is what we've raised through the Braille Forum Raffle since its inception. Here's an important figure for you. Over 130000 has been given back to our members, affiliates, and chapters who have participated in the raffle over the years. So uh, it's, it's a great opportunity to be a part of something this great. Uh, cost us around $50,000 a year to produce the Braille Forum. My goal is at some point this raffle will raise that much money so that the Braille Forum would be sustained by member donations. The uh, other thing we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, a guy named Alan Peterson, who has sold more tickets than anybody, probably more than all the committee members combined over the years. Uh, Dan Dillon and I always kind of had a friendly competition of uh, who would who would sell the most tickets in what year. Unfortunately, I've won by kind of a weird thing to happen called the pandemic in that you guys have jumped up here and, and made it possible for us to sell out of tickets two years running. We've sold $25,000 a year. So it's not just a raffle, guys. It's, it's a way to support uh, a great publication that's been around, uh, you know, for just uh, over 50 years. And the, the other thing, since uh, we, we've got a great BOP, they've introduced the themed uh, editions of the Braille Forum. People seem to like that. And this raffle helps make that situation come about. So we appreciate what you did. And remember, over $130,000 has been given back to our membership uh, chapters and affiliates over the years. So it's also a way to have the opportunity to maybe pocket some money. Uh, the first place, of course, is $5,000. Second place is, is $1,000. And third place is $500. So none of these prizes are insignificant. Uh, we, we put them out there. It's tried and true. It's worked for years. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to my colleague, Leslie Spoon, who I enjoy working on the auction committee with. And she does a great job. And then I'll come back and tell you how you can participate in the Braille Form Rifle. Les? Hi, David. How are you? I'm great. Good. Happy Sunday. <laughs> it seems weird. I miss seeing you. I miss hanging out with everybody. So it's, you know, maybe next year, right? Maybe so. Yes, so I'm here, I'm here to talk about the ACB auction. Woohoo! I'm so excited. It's, it's my passion. I love it. I just would be remiss to not say thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody for the auctions last year. Um, like David said, the pandemic has actually helped the auctions. Um, it's been a blessing in disguise. We went virtually. And we've never been virtually till the pandemic. So it's, it's been a blessing. It's been awesome. We could not do these auctions without you guys. It's the community, it's the vendors, it's the affiliates, and it's the board and the officers. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. This auction is very near and dear to me. My good friend, Brenda Dillon, Cindy Hollis. She was Van Winkle when I first met her, but now Hollis. And Jeff Tom started this auction many moons ago. 
I can't remember how long ago it was. I was going to look that up, but I forgot to do that. So it's been over 14 years. I think this is the 15th or 16th this year. So um, they started this auction. And who knew, David, you know, that this would just be an amazing, you know, anomaly. It's, it's so amazing. It's so, it's so humbling to me. It just, I know Brenda's up there having a dance, you know, she, she's having a party, you know, because the walk, the auctions, she started these things, her and Dan Dillon, you know, and it's amazing. And, and I am just honored that they had that, that much faith in me to hand it over to me and Cindy Hollis and, and Jeff Tom also did to have this, you know, handed over to me. So I just want to talk a little bit about this year's auction. It will be June 18th, which is Saturday, is when we will start, kick off the convention. And we will have the appetizer auction on the 16th and 17th, which will be Thursday and Friday. So the appetizer auction will be Thursday and Friday, the 16th and 17th. And then Saturday, June 18th, will be the, app, the main event auction. The deadline for, for the items and descriptions will be May 1st. And please give me a ring and email me with descriptions. And I look forward to having this year's auction be a success like it has in the, in the years past. Back over to you, David. Thank you, Les. And, and we look forward to the auction. Uh, again, that's June 18th for the biggie. So uh, that'll kick off our convention, guys. So let's be sure and, and get in there and get our bids in. Now for the uh, the thoughts about the Braille Forum Rifle. Uh, you, you know how great it is. You know what it's done. Now it's your opportunity to start by buying your tickets and getting ready for us to draw maybe your name this year at convention at the bank. So how you can do that? Uh, the tickets are $50 each. You can do that by buying one on your own or purchasing with up to four friends. And also you chapters and affiliates, don't forget, buy yours. Uh, you've won in the past, so uh, we look forward to everybody being able to win. You can call the 800 number. That's 1-800-424-8666. You can also get in touch with the Minneapolis office and get them there. Uh, registration will open May 12th. You can get them on your registration. It'll open on May 19th. For everybody else, this will be members on May 12th. And then everybody on May 19th on. So get your tickets there. Uh, if you still wait, I'm sure Alan Peterson will sell you a ticket. And then also the mini mall has taken uh, a good portion of the sales for us over the last many years. So we appreciate the work that Carla and team does for us there. So remember, you have a lot of opportunities uh, to buy in. Remember, over the history of this thing, we've given away over $130,000. So maybe you can be a part of that this year. And uh, Dan, I'm going to turn it back over to you and thank you for giving Les and I the opportunity today to bring the auction and the rail form raffle to the membership. Thank you, David, and thank you, Leslie, and thanks for all the work you all do. And uh, let's get out there and enjoy the auction and buy our Braille Forum raffle tickets and uh, get some good items and win some money. So thank you, David. Thank you, Leslie. And we're now going to uh, move over to our connection shows, but I just wanted to let everybody know that after the connection show, we will have three breakout sessions. So 
in room A, which is on media, ACB media six, uh, we will be having a revisit, a second conversation with a group of individuals that talked with us last year, the under 45 crowd, about what it's been like to get involved in ACB and uh, see how their journey has taken them over the last 12 months. And that'll be uh, hosted by Michael Talley and uh, can't wait for that conversation. And then in room B on ACB Media 7, we're going to have affiliates in action where we're going to hear from different programs that four of our affiliates are doing during these pandemic times. So I think it's going to be an exciting panel. We've got Doug Powell, who's hosting our ACB Board of Director, uh, who's very involved in AAVL and the work they're doing with seniors. We've got Regina Marie Brink and Joe Green, a power couple from Sacramento, California. They're going to talk about the inclusion diversity chapter that they've got going in uh, Council, California Council of the Blind. We're going to hear from Michael Garrett, first vice president of ACB of Texas, about a wonderful education leadership program that they've got going on in ACB of Texas. And we're going to hear from Karen Blackowitz, who's the president of ACB of New York, talk about an advocacy effort they're doing jointly with the National Federation of the Blind and collaborating on both accessible voting and the Randolph Shepard Vendors uh, action, uh, um, group. So wonderful, wonderful panel in room B on ACB Media 7. And then in room C on ACB Media 8, we're going to hear about audio description project and what's new with audio description. First, we're going to hear from Mark Torrent, who is the vice president of captioning and audio description and accessibility for what was CBS, but is now Paramount Global. And they're going to talk about how they're making all their primetime content audio described. That's going to be exciting. Then we're going to hear from Carl Richardson and Kim Charlson about smart uh, smart televisions and how to get connected to streaming. And then we're going to end with Joel Snyder, our ACE audio description project founder, and what's going on in the world of audio description. So those three wonderful breakout sessions, we'll be back at the general sessions at 3.30. So enjoy your connection shows, enjoy your breakout sessions, and go ACB. Hip, hip, hooray. Welcome everybody to the Connect Show. I'm Welcome Cindy. Back. I'm Colby. <laughs> and we are so delighted to have you with us, truly. Uh, we are a, a shortened break here, so we're going to just jump right in because <laughs> we want to give Tom some time. So Tom Tobin is with us from the oh my, Get Up and Get yeah, Moving movie. campaign. And uh, so Tom, tell us, you're chairing this committee. Uh, tell us uh, uh, what what the premise is of it and maybe some current activities that are going on. Yeah, so, well, thanks for having me. Um, and I have to emulate our president, uh, Dan Spoon, with his hip hip array. We have a greeting in the uh, Get Up and Get Moving campaign, which goes like this. Woohoo! So, woohoo to you, Cindy and <laughs> Colby and everyone in the audience, because that's our signature uh, cheer. So, anyway... Um, let me start just by introducing the committee. It's really important for me that everyone in the audience know who is on this committee, because everyone on this committee is amazingly dynamic, um, hardworking, driven, goal-oriented folks. And uh, there's all, 
all six of us. So uh, it's not like we have a huge committee here. Um, but we have Dan Dillon, Connie Sims, who you've heard from earlier today um, and yesterday at the board meeting, and um, or Friday, pardon me, and um, Leslie Spoon, who you just heard from a few seconds ago, Amanda Selm, and last but not least is Terry Suarez. Um, I, I couldn't do what we do without this amazing team, so um, I'm very much indebted to them uh, for everything that we did. And we did a lot of stuff in, uh, in 20, um, 2020, 2021, so... I'm not going to get into the weeds on that, but we did some really cool I stuff. I remember so. the dance party. Woohoo! Yes. Yeah, because yeah, so. that was that was on community. So yeah, so <laughs> we we kicked this campaign off uh, last June. So we haven't even had one year under our belt yet. Um, it's a three-year campaign. We'll end up our third year in Jacksonville, Florida, at our national convention. Um, so uh, you know we are we are we are small but mighty. Um, and, you know, I wanted to uh, emulate what Connie brought up yesterday because um, where we are right now with this campaign is kind of getting into stage two, I guess you will, if you're thinking about our rocket. So uh, we're going to the moon with a get a moving campaign and we want everybody to come <laughs> with us. So um, we, we are hoping to, um, you'll hear more about this from Connie this afternoon. So it's a little wonky the way the order came, but um, we are very much looking to engage with affiliate leadership. Um, as I said, we're a small committee of six and we do have some people that serve on our, our three pillars and possibly moving to four pillars. But um, so we really need your help to engage with us, affiliate leadership. Um, and we're not gonna be prescriptive in what you can do, but um, there's a ton of things you could do. Cindy, you just mentioned a dance party, but um, we're hoping that you will engage with us. You'll partner with us and collaborate with us. and all kinds of fun things could be done out there. Um, like I said, a dance party. Um, I know some people are um, working with Achilles, which is a, a volunteer running club. Uh, that sounds like fun. Oh. I'm personally, personally uh, fired up. I'd love to convention or somewhere to do a dunk tank. Oh, I've been in a dunk tank before. And I personally, I mean, I'd do it for ACB. I'd do anything. <laughs> however, however, I will admit to you, it is not one of the funnest things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> it's, it's a lot funner to dunk somebody than to be the dunkie. Be uh, well, I'll, I'll put my American Express gold card down if you get up there, Sydney, because I'm oh. just going to keep throwing the balls. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we could have a lot of fun. but um, I'm feeling the love. Uh, well, it, it is a fundraiser, right? It so, is. You know, I'm no, a development guy. we got to raise some <laughs> So, um, so, so is the just, get up and get moving part of that the throwing of the of the ball is that what the, the exercise and, and the splashing of the victim and yes, the so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how good my fastball still is but uh, anyway but but we really we really want to again i want to reiterate the collaboration with the affiliates we're not we don't we don't want to be prescriptive you guys can think about what you want to do and how you want to engage with us um one, one thing uh, I would point to Indiana, uh, ACB of Indiana, because uh, Carrie Goodman is doing some really cool stuff there with their version of the Get Up and Moving campaign. And um, what I'd really like to see as chairman, if we can do this, and we probably can't do them all, but uh, for you know state and special interest affiliate conventions, we would love to engage with you guys in some way. Um, it could be just about anything. We'd be really creative about it. Um, but uh, we, we, we're not going to be able to take this campaign nationwide without the rest of you. So, um, For sure, yeah. Well, yeah. you're welcome to come on to President's Hump Day Happy Hour again. 
uh, with new ideas at, at different times. So it's not just a one and done. And Tom, let me ask you, uh, are you willing to also speak to chapters around the country? Absolutely. That we've so already that, been doing a lot yeah. of that. We, Leslie Spoon and I did speak to Indiana a couple months ago. What, what it seems like yesterday, but yeah, oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. we've been doing a lot of that. And uh, Terry and I spoke to uh, ACB of Texas uh, last year, and so definitely we 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 are here to help the affiliates help us to you know, help this campaign get nation, nationwide. Um, and also, so. I know our time is going to be really short, but I know that there was a big push for people to walk or ride or whatever to the convention. And uh, I will just say at the end of June, I bought a bike, uh, a, a, a recumbent stationary bike, yeah, yeah. recumbent mm-hmm. stationary bike. And I've been riding with two friends every morning uh, for a half hour. We ride together over the phone. So uh, awesome. people can be creative about what they're doing, right? So, yeah, yeah. And you'll hear this afternoon in Connie's session at 530 um, with her three panelists. One of them is Zelda Gephardt. And she is the one that kind of launched the whole idea of she's going to walk to hey, Omaha. Hey, and we are going to have to be done already. Can you believe oh. that? Does not seem fair. <laughs> uh, but, but Tom, I thank you so much for being a part of this. And uh, everybody get up and get moving and join us in an hour. Get to those breakouts. Remember, you can listen on 6, 7, or 8 on ACB Media. And uh, yeah. Woohoo! Get up and get moving. All right. Bye, everybody.